0: This morning we want to observe the Lord's Supper. You know, we've just finished uh, Jesus' birthday, celebrating Christmas. And you know, Scripture never tells us to celebrate Jesus' birthday. I think it's a good thing that we, we do, and it's a great family time together, and to remind the world of the gospel, and that uh, Jesus came to, uh, to, uh, to reconcile us between us and God, to become our peace. Uh, the ultimate peace of our life, and that can only come through a relationship with Jesus. But uh, Jesus did give us two ordinances that we are to um, practice regularly to remind us of why Jesus came and what Jesus did. And those two ordinances he gave to the church are baptism and uh, the Lord's Supper. Now, um, we can find... Um, the ordinance, uh, or we can find the importance of baptism. If you have your Bibles, let's look at Romans chapter 6 quickly. Romans chapter 6, and I want to read verses uh, 3 through 5 this morning. Um, Paul says this in Romans chapter 6. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? And we were baptized, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that, as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might be able to walk in newness of life. For if we been, have been united with him in death like this, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. And so last week we baptized two individuals, um, and so that was a picture, uh, a physical picture, of what Christ has done in our lives spiritually. And uh, as a church, we've been memorizing uh, a verse, of December we uh, have been working on Matthew chapter 28 verses 18 through 20 and uh, I think this would be a good time to quote that verse. I don't know if we have that verse on the screen Steve if you can bring it up, bring it up you, you, you can otherwise um, I thought I had this verse in my, in my uh, phone but I don't but I've got it memorized for the most part. And so let's try to repeat this together. Let me just repeat the first three words. And Jesus came. Okay? That's really important. And Jesus came. He told his disciples to meet him in Galilee. And so in Matthew chapter 28, Jesus honored that that request. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority... Has been given in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always even to the end of the age. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. I think I've memorized that in a different version. This is the ESV version. But uh, I hope that you've committed that to memory. If you don't have that down yet, do so. Because this is a great discipline as we begin to walk into uh, 2023. Our, Our verse for next week for the month of January, is going to be Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10, which happens to be our text next week as we continue our walk through the book of Ephesians. So baptism, very important ordinance in our church, reminding us of what Christ has done in our lives. And it is a testimony, and God wants us to take that step of baptism. It doesn't have anything to do with salvation. It's a step of obedience, but it is telling others of what Christ has already done in your life. And so we have baptism, and then we have the Lord's Supper. And uh, in Luke chapter 22, uh, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, uh, Jesus was anxious to Get together with his disciples as they um, shared the Passover supper together, but he was going to institute something new that the church um, describes as the Lord's supper, and uh, this was a picture. This was a this this was um, a picture of what Jesus was about to do. This is the gospel. Jesus came to live a perfect life. He was the Lamb of God who was slain before the foundation of the world. This Lamb of God was about to be crucified. And then three days later, he would r- rise from the grave. But as this was about to occur, Jesus wanted them to always remember what he was about to do. And so he instituted this uh, supper. And so if you have your Bibles, let's look at Luke chapter 22. And let me read verses 14 through 20. And when the hour came, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you. Before I suffer, for I tell you that I will not eat it until I, it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise the cup, after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. And so Jesus was introducing the supper to his um, disciples. And uh, when you think of these two ordinances, both are essential, both are important in remembering and proclaiming the Lord's death. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 26, that we are to do this regularly in proclaiming the Lord's death until he returns. So not only are we proclaiming the gospel by observing the Lord's Supper, but we're also uh, proclaiming that Jesus is coming back and we're going to do this with him again. And it's not going to be a spiritual act of worship. It is going to be a physical act of worship. It's not going to require faith. It, we are going to be face to face with Jesus um, at, at, the, at the end of time when, when we do the Lord's Supper with him. And so this is a testimony. And now who is this supper for? This supper is for Christians, okay? If you have your Bibles, let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul is instructing the church at Corinth who has gotten way off track, okay? And he is correcting them because uh they are they're they're not observing the supper appropriately okay they've been they've been focused on their, their on themselves primarily and in fact uh, it's not the, all the church that is getting together to observe the supper it's just those who have the means okay and those with the means have turned this into uh, a feast where they're just feeding themselves and and as they're feeding themselves they're they're observing the Lord's supper but those who have nothing who have little are are not invited they they're not participating and Paul says this is absolutely wrong this is not what the 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 uh, supper is all about but the the supper service those who are to participate this is for Christians, okay? Christians who have been forgiven. Christians who know that they have a need of his forgiveness. Christians who know that they are unworthy, but only in Christ have made them worthy because of the blood of Christ that has been shed for them They find themselves worthy in the eyes of God. Christians who observe the Lord's Supper know that the supper in in and of itself cannot purify them, that Christians cannot purify themselves. We can't save ourselves. Our salvation only comes through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And that's what this observation is all about. So let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And I want to read verses uh, 23 through 29. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night that he was betrayed took bread Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus. Let a person examine himself and then so eat of the bread and the drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment upon himself. And so this supper is for forgiven Christians. And so so in coming, how do we prepare ourselves for the supper? Well, number one, Paul tells us that we need to examine ourselves. Is there anything in our life that, that has harmed our fellowship with God? Now understand that if you're a Christian... The blood of Christ justifies you, has taken away all of your sin, past, present, and future. You are completely pure and holy in the eyes of God. But we still live in these earth stoops, don't we? We still sin. We still rebel. And as Christians, we need to continually acknowledge our sin before God. The Christian life is a life of of um, constant repentance. And so, as we come to the supper, Paul says, "You need to examine yourself. If there's anything that has has hurt your." Fellowship with God. Now your relationship with God, that's secure for all eternity. Okay, I've mentioned this before. My my children, if if I have if I have a disagreement with my kids and and uh, they choose to walk out of my house and we don't converse with each other ever again, you know what? I'm still their father. They're still my child. They, we have that relationship. That relationship cannot be broken. But the fellowship that I have with my children, that, that's what's broken. That's what needs to be restored. And so as we examine ourselves, we need to confess our sin to, to the Lord, preparing our hearts for baptism. Baptism. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us of all of our sin. So we need to agree with God that where we're at is wrong. And make that right uh, before Him. So examine yourselves. And then as we remember Uh, the supper, Um, Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. When we take of the bread and we take of the cup, we don't do this in remembrance of our sin. We do this in remembrance of what Jesus has done for us. We remember him and what his death has accomplished. His shed blood has purchased our redemption. We were once slaves of sin, but Jesus came and he shed his blood and he paid the price so that we would no longer be slaves to our sin. That's what Christ has done. And for the Corinthian church, That was not what they were coming together and accomplishing. I mean, it was a party. They were having fun among themselves with with those who they were most comfortable with. It wasn't to acknowledge their sin. It wasn't to acknowledge what Christ had done. They had taken what Christ had done for, for granted. And they had abused what God had commanded us to do. And so when we come together, we come together humbly, examining, confessing, remembering Jesus, and then third, knowing that Jesus is our sustenance. He is our everything. He is our... Spiritual diet. diet. Jesus said some very hard words to his disciples in John chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 6. And I want to read verses 47 through 58. John 6, beginning with verse 47. Truly, truly, I say to you, when Jesus says truly, truly, you better listen up, Christian. Okay, this is important. Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes from heaven The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, "How How can this man give us flesh, his flesh, to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink the blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on the flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day will live forever. What in the world is Jesus saying here? It sounds like we are to be cannibals and eating uh, specifically of his body and drinking of his blood. Jesus was using this as a metaphor, but a very important metaphor. Jesus is to be our everything. He is to be our spiritual sustenance. He is to be our spiritual diet. Our spiritual nourishment, our daily diet for spiritual growth comes through the person of Jesus. And so as we eat the bread and we drink of the cup, We are confessing to Jesus that Jesus is our everything. We need him. We are desperately dependent for him, for our spiritual sustenance, our spiritual walk, our spiritual growth. And so we come to the supper and we're examining our hearts. Is there any sin that you and I need to confess before him. We are remembering all that Jesus has done for our salvation. He has given his very body. He has poured out all of his blood so that we might be redeemed, so that we might become saved. And he is our total sustenance just just like we we need lunch this afternoon when we go home we're gonna we're all gonna eat and we need that physical sustenance guess what we need that spiritual sustenance as we come before him and observe (coughs) excuse me the lord's supper through these elements so let's prepare our hearts it's now 2023. I can't think of a better thing to do as we begin 2023 than by observing the Lord's Supper. Let's examine our hearts. Let's confess our sin before him and be not, not be in a place where we would take this in an unworthy manner. And let's remind ourselves of all that Christ has done and that he is our all in all for everything.